Hi, my name is Alon Strohshine, founder of The Normal 40. I am so glad you are here. If you're here, it's not by accident. Dude, you're searching. And I get it because I've been there. In February 2022, after 14 years, I left my job as a public company executive. And I left without a resume. I left without a bunch of jobs lined up. And I left without being independently wealthy. But I went in search of something more. I went in search of finding out exactly who it is I was capable of being. And I've learned that my mission in life is to inspire a thousand dudes to go chase their same journey. I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad you found this podcast because here we're going to keep it real. We're going to keep it raw. And there are going to be thousands of dudes just like you who can't wait to hear what we talk about next. Dude, thanks for being here. I can't wait to see you along the normal 40 highway. Welcome back to Normal 40, the podcast. My name is Adam. I'm your co-pilot on this journey. Happy again to be joined by the founder of Normal 40, the lead pilot, and the dude you need to know, Mr. Lon Strohshine is with me. Lon, first off, how are you feeling, my friend? Welcome back to Normal 40, the podcast. Episode number eight or nine? I got to keep track of these a little bit better, but uh, I appreciate you having back in for another week. Oh, man, I am so excited. And Adam, if you don't mind, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of take the rudder a little early here on this podcast. Oh, okay. All right. Go for, go for it, Lon. So look, um, we're going to go down memory lane for just a minute, and I got to make sure you're cool with this because I'm going to tell you what I what I want to do, and it's going to be a bit of a curveball. Um, for listeners, you, you kind of know, Adam and I show up and we just ramble and, and, we, and we go on this journey. And if you listen to the podcast of my wife, you know that part of Part of the benefit of this is the element of the authenticity and the realism of it. And what I would love to do, Adam, is the, the very first time you contacted me, the very mm. first time we talked, not the first time you contacted me, you contacted me in June. And I want to go back to that later. And you finally asked for a phone call that happened in August, August 16th of this year. And I recorded that conversation in its entirety. It's the first time you and I ever talk. It's the first time you you share with me your vision for how you can help the normal 40 and you share with me where you're at on your journey at that time. And I want to stop the recording here of you and I live. And I want to play that in its entirety for the rest of this podcast. How are you feeling about that? I'm excited about that. I mean, I honestly don't have a ton of recollection of uh, everything that we said in that conversation. I know we talked a lot about the vision around um, starting a podcast and and what that would look like. And uh, I know you had a lot of questions about what, you know, what that might mean. And, you know, I spent a bunch of time sort of pitching you on what I thought you had from a content perspective uh, and then kind of weaving in my own story. So for me, that'll be interesting because I haven't I haven't heard that back uh, and, uh, and I don't know if I have much, much recollection over it. So, um, I'm as excited to hear as everybody else might be then, because I wonder what, uh, I wonder what we talked about. So it could be, uh, it could be a fun endeavor to, you know, go right back down memory lane there. Awesome. Well, look, there's a couple of things that I'm going to, I want you to be listening for after doing a few hundred of these, I know the moment when I could see in you the spark the thing that was lighting you up, that wasn't your day job. I could identify it. And, and by the way, when you listen back, when you say, where is that moment when you're paying attention for it, which is what I do. I show up to conversations like this and I pay attention for that moment. When does their inflection change? When does the story change? When does their voice pick up? It happens and I can hear it. Uh, and I can hear it when you, when you go out to help someone, you didn't get paid for it. You didn't, you didn't go out and seek it, but you knew Hey, wait a minute. There's something here. And, uh, and I want everyone to, to hear that. And then we're going to come back in the next podcast and we're going to, we're going to pick up on, on, uh, the rest of the Adam Eaton story. I can't wait. Let's, uh, let's, let's get rolling then Lon. You and I get out of the way and let's, uh, let's, let's put the, hit the way back machine. We'll go down memory lane with our, our first phone call, uh, which became normal 40, the podcast. Here we go, boss. Hey Lon, how are you? Adam. I'm well. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Nice to meet you. Likewise. Yeah, this yeah. uh yeah, this is this is home. This is yeah. home since February one. I used to go into an office and work, and now I sit in my home and work. 
Yeah, can't can't beat that. Well, that's actually why we're here today. I figure I'll, I'll kick off if you don't if you don't mind. So go for um, it, man. Man, I stalked your page probably for a while on LinkedIn. You just kept showing up on my feed, and every day I would see a couple of posts from you, and I was like, oh, I've never seen you know this guy's name before. What's this? What's this about? Uh, and so slowly but surely, I kept stalking your page, and you know, waiting every morning to see what you posted. And you might as well have just written Dear Adam on the top, a lot of those, right? Because it pretty much felt like you were, you were talking to me specifically. But, um, you know, kind of reading through after a while, I was like, man, what is what is Normal 40 about? What is what is Lon? What is this all about? So I started trying to click into websites and kind of figure you out. Um, and that's kind of when the idea hit was, you know, man, and like, I think you have such a large presence. I can tell you, you connected with me really, really quickly. But my next natural question was, what what more is available to me? Where, where else can I learn more about what you're talking about, what you're teaching about? I'm a big podcast guy. I host two shows on my spare time, but I also listen to a ton of shows. And so I'm thinking to myself, man, if Lon had a show while I'm on the treadmill this morning, I would absolutely listen to that, you know, once, twice a week, hear what he's talking about, hear other people's stories you know, maybe grab some inspiration from what other people are going through, maybe grab some, you know, some nuggets of intel or insight that you want to share with people. Uh, and so you had a post one day about like, take chance, you know, do it scared. And I was like, all right, well, he's talking to me, I might as well do it. So, so I kind of sent you that note, it's really a to learn more about normal and normal 40 and what you're doing, B to tell you how well you've connected with uh, the folks. And I joined your group. So I can see certainly you have a pretty healthy number of folks in there daily. But see, to offer anything I can to be a part of the journey. I know you you mentioned you're you're a one man band at this point, and you're you're kind of doing things and you're figuring things out, which I, I respect the hell out of. But you know, if you've got opportunities to uh, to diversify, add anything, I'd love to love to get on your radar and be in the mix to support any way I can because I I really believe in your mission. I think I just turned forty, you know, about a year ago. So again, you could have written a lot of those you know those things directly to me, um, and I, I think there's so many people. Um, in this space that are kind of feeling the things you're describing, having the emotional tugs that you're that you're talking about that are sort of like, where am I at? What's my crossroad look like? What does next look like? Um, and I think particularly in today's day and age, if you're if you're looking at a you know a 40-year-old male, um, which I assume is sort of your target audience, right? We've been conditioned our entire life to keep your mouth shut and go to work. You know, you don't complain, you don't, you don't cry about it. You just, you know, tighten up your bootstraps and you go in there at 7.30, take that meeting with your boss. You let him yell at you for an hour. You come out and you go, all right, I'm going to go get him. Uh, and I think that today's environment, that construct just doesn't, doesn't ring true with me anymore, which is kind of the, the change I've seen in myself. But I, I suspect that I know from people I talk to, there's, there's folks that feel the same. So really just want to learn more about what you're doing. And again, offer my, my humble services. If there's any need opportunity, if you see any growth potential, um, sort of my cold sales pitch of saying, man, you've got something really cool going on. Uh, and, and it's not something that I say to myself, oh, that's, that's, you know, that's great to work on. It's almost something I say to myself, I have to work on that. That is, that is a, a mission driven item. Um, and it's not too many, you know, too many chances in life to, to work on stuff like that. So, you know, here I am scheduling a meeting with you to, to, you know, lay, lay my speech out and, and learn more about lawn and normal 40. Well, uh, dude, thanks. That's super cool. Possibly nothing is a cooler thing to hear. And I actually do hear it a lot. Um, and that is, how did you know exactly what I was thinking? And, sure. and you, you wrote it to me and, and you said it here. And, and I know exactly what you're thinking because I'm writing to myself. I get it. Sure. This isn't, I don't have to make this up. And by the way, everything I write, I mean, you, if you, you probably see it. I see it the next day when I go back and read it and I see my typos and my errors. And I'm like, you know what? I wake up, I go for a run. I think about what I, I wish I'd have heard three or four or five years ago. And I come back from a run, still sweat everything. And I sit down and I write and then I post and then I go and I hang out with my kids and my family and I come back an hour later and I see what's there. And, um, and then that's usually when I see my typos and everything. And I usually just, just tend to leave them, but that's how I do it. I, I, yeah. I, uh, I do it in the moment. I write to myself um, anywhere from eight months ago, me to eight year ago, me. And, and it tends to land with a whole bunch of people who are right where I was not all that long ago. Um, and it is, it is, it's really, it's odd. I didn't expect it. I, uh, I quit sure. my job. Not, no, this wasn't my mission. This wasn't my mission. I didn't quit my job to go help dudes quit their job or find a better job or be better at their job. I left my job because I knew my future wasn't at that company. It was a great company. It was 
wonderful company. I was the mergers and acquisitions guy. We sold to a Fortune 30 company. They offered me a great job, far beyond what I ever could have imagined being offered for a job. And I turned it down because my future wasn't there. And I turned it down because my wife is awesome and she knew my future wasn't there. And I was right at the edge, kind of looking over and she just went, ah, you're going, dude. You're not going to, we're going to jump together and that's just what we're going to do. Um, so I quit and I showed up to LinkedIn and I'd been kind of putting some stuff out there. I'm like, hey, I quit my job today. I had an offer, could have stayed. My future wasn't there. I want to go, I want to go find what's in my gut and chase it. And the moment I started putting that out there, dudes just started showing up from everywhere. My, my inbox was full and I'm like, holy shit, well, there's, there's something here and it's become, and I, you know, I don't, I don't mean this in the biblical sense or a Christian sense or whatever, but it's a calling. I, 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 my call right before this, I don't know how much of this you care to hear. I spend my days. I'm as busy as I can be. I have to, I have to quit taking calendar invites because my calendar would just be full of dudes who are smart. I mean, I'm talking CEOs of major medical networks, executives at major universities, uh, partners at law firms, C-suite executives. And they all call me and say, I've, I've done so well. I've lived my life by the book. I've done exactly what I'm supposed to do. I got the good grades. I put in the hours. I clawed, I scratched, I climbed, I beat, and I won. I got exactly what I wanted. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. And that's when they reach out to me. They when they get there, when they say, I, I hear you, I I know I got what I wanted and I feel guilty. And it's the weirdest thing to say, but I don't want this anymore. So then my next question is: okay, so what's a dream? And they're like, I have no freaking idea. I have no sure. idea what yeah. I'm tripping for. And so that's, yeah. that's the whole conversation that, that we have. And I have many times a day and, and I'm writing a book about it because it's so common. And I kind of have the average dude kind of, kind of pegged. Um, so that's in a nutshell, how I got here. Uh, it wasn't a master plan. wasn't a master strategy. It's a calling and that's it. Yeah. Uh, I've got, I, I can connect with dudes. I can get them thinking. I can talk to them and get them moving. And then, um, I'm on to the next thing, the next, the next person, really. I haven't figured out how to monetize it, really. I know I can. I'm not yeah. worried about that. I am not worried about that. The moment I start worrying about that, I'm scared I'm going to lose my edge. I know right now I'm building. I'm just building and it's growing. Um, yeah. So it, I'll tell one more thing and then I'll be quiet. Um, so your timing was really interesting to me because what I'm good at, I'm good at this and I'm, I'm good at written communication and I'm good at getting people moving. I don't love editing, splicing, uh, you know, the stuff you're a big deal, dog. I went and looked at your stuff. You're a, you're a big deal and you do good work and you put a lot of work into it. I, it, I would be miserable. I would be, I would love having the conversation. I'm at home like that. Yeah. This I'm at home. I, I don't know, uh, you know, edit, splice, cut show notes, shit forget about it. I, yeah. I don't have the patience for that. It's not how I'm wired. And uh, yeah. so when I got your message and your well-written, well-architected um, message on what you do, it was very interesting for me and where I am on my journey. Yeah, I think for me, like I said, I, I'm a big um, podcast guy, right? So, and, and that's the thing. I, I love reading your stuff in the morning. But I mean, I, I can't read it at the gym, right? I can't read it on the treadmill. I can't read it while I'm driving. I can't read it at a meeting, but I can, I can have my headphones in, listen to stuff too. And that's kind of how I, how I connect with a lot of things as well. And it's funny, your story that you just mentioned. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a quick little background on my story. Yeah. Um, I was working for, working for a company, um, had just the, the most horrendous boss I've ever had. Literally, like, I mean, we all talk about our boss and they all have quirks and you're like, hey, you know, Jimmy does this and Pete does that and Sally does this, right? We all have our things, right? When I say this was the literal worst human I've ever worked with, I literally mean the worst human I've ever worked with, right? And so I said to myself, I, I had a two-year deal that I had I signed to, to go work there. So I had to work out the contract or I owed a bunch of money that I, that I didn't want to pay. So I said to myself, man, I, I got I to gotta get out of here. This is not going to work. You know, I'm going home every night, lighting every candle I can find, praying to every God I can think of, doing everything I can. 
and a gift from the heavens falls on my lap. My old boss at a previous company gets a new position, offers me a job. It's the promotion. It's like $50,000 more than I'm making now, more direct reports than I've ever had, more responsibility than I've ever had. And at first I'm like, that's it. I'm, I'm free. Like the, the, the candles, the gods, they listen to me. They heard me. I'm out. Get away from the, the, the horrible boss. And it was day four of the new job lawn. I work from home now. I don't have to go to an office. I mean, literally in my, my living room's right at this door right here. Family's all right there. Having a good old time. Zero commute. Day four, I walk out to my wife and she's in the kitchen making a sandwich. And I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And she was like, dude, it's day four. I'm like, yeah, I actually knew that on day three. I just didn't tell you. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And she was like, well, I don't understand. Like, great job, great promotion, great title, all this responsibility. You handpicked for this job. You didn't have to interview. He just gave it to you. You got away from the other guy. Like, I don't understand. And I just said, I just don't like this work anymore. Like at some point in time, the work you do just really has to matter to you. And this just doesn't matter to me anymore. I found myself getting up saying, yeah, the reports do. I don't really care. Yeah, that that, that incident happened. Yeah, okay, sure. Well, we'll get to it. And I think when you lose that edge, you know, is when um, is when you start to, you know, you know, get sloppy. And that's how, you know, you, you kind of know where you are. So so that's the first important thing that happened. The second important thing happened to me was one of my colleagues I worked with at the job with the hellacious boss. Um, she quit. You know, she walked in one day and said, I, I can't do it anymore. I, I quit. I've had enough. Now, she's much younger. than me. She's, you know, two years fresh out of college. Um, so she's like, hey, I got to I got to pivot my life here. What do I do? And so she worked for me at that company. I had, a, I felt a tad bit of responsibility. I think when I left, she was like, well, I'm leaving too, that I don't want to stay around. So I felt a little bit of responsibility. So I said, hey, let me help you. So we started working on a resume, started doing mock interviews, started looking at stuff on LinkedIn, you know, having conversations about different things that happen in, in, in an environment, looking at different roles. And I found myself coaching her, like just literally kind of coaching her through a process, coaching her through where she wants to be. And at the end of the day, she was working kind of an office job. And she was like, you know what I really love? I love animals. I love animals. I love animals. I love the protection. I mean, that she was all about that. So, you know, we, we started going to work on how can we get you in that space? You know, let's, let's connect this person. I found this person. Let's connect with this person. And short story long, she now works for an organization called Canines for Warriors. Uh, and they train dogs for, um, for canine services. It's actually located right here in my hometown. Uh, and she loves it. You know, she's making a little bit less money than she was making before, but she's like, I don't care, man. This is, this is what I want. And she got that job. And I said to my wife, that's the most accomplishment I felt in years. And I said, and I did nothing. I got nothing out of this. I didn't, I didn't get a job. I didn't, you know, she's not paying me for this. This isn't, that's the most accomplishment I felt in years was hearing her excitement about getting that job. And that's when I kind of knew to myself, I'm different. Some, somewhere, I don't know where, I don't know where I bumped my head. I don't know where I got elbowed at playing basketball on the weekends. I don't know where, but somehow I changed. And then that's literally around the time I found your stuff. And I said to myself, man, there's, there's somebody else who did the same thing. And you don't know what that change moment is, right? But like it happened for you. And I'm sure you can kind of picture it in your mind. And I'm reading your stuff and I'm like, man, that's, he literally just wrote my life story. Like he wrote it on paper. And, and that's when I said, I, I, you know, how do I get involved in this? How do I, you know, how do I be a part of this movement? Because I do think, again, there's so many people out there that are in positions and are just conditioned to be stuck. And, and the funny thing about what, what I've kind of learned is everybody has to figure out their why. And for some people, maybe that why is a new job. Maybe that why is a new challenge. Maybe that why is just, you know, getting better at what they do. But I think they're, they're, companies do a great job of, of telling you, you know, what you, what you have to do to get better at that current role, but not about what you need to get better with yourself. And I think what, what you're describing for people is a path of self-discovery. And the, the great part about it is it can end wherever you want it to end. Right. You're the you're the you're the, you know, the compass here. You're the navigator of where that where that course ends. But I think you're giving people that that the I want to say the permission to say it's OK to go on that path. And if you land yourself right back at a complete circle where you are, great, even better for you. But if you take a turn to the left or to the right and move on, you know, then, then that's where you're meant to be. And I think I've just aligned so much with that recently um, that I thought to myself, man, I I how do I pivot from, to your point, where you are to where you want to go? Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of the fate that, that brought us to, uh, to an email training. I don't, yeah, I got a whole bunch. I want to say, I want to tell you a story Sure. because it's fresh. It's a story of an hour ago. Um, 
just like you did, a dude reaches out to me, says, I want to talk. Never heard of him before in my life. He's in Northern Idaho. Um, and so I said, send him my calendar, probably like I did to you. He booked a time. And, and that was the hour before you and I talked. He's a 62-year-old architect in Northern Idaho. Uh, been an architect his whole life. He's helping to build million-dollar homes there um, for a company that's located out of Chicago. Um, he's got three kids, one granddaughter. Granddaughter lives about um, six hours away by car. And um, he and his wife recently separated. And he, um, and that that's not what the call's about. And amazingly, 90, literally 95% of the dudes I talk to don't have marital problems. They don't have great marriages. They don't tell me that. I just know it because I know mm. what I went through. But they don't have marital problems. They're not on the ropes. This guy's on the ropes. So I didn't know really, you know, that's not what I deal with. But I was talking to him. I'm like, well, okay, Doug, um, what's the dream? And usually when I ask dudes that question, I ask one or two questions. Say, what's the dream or what do you want? Yesterday I had a chat with a guy and I asked him, what do you want? And he goes, what do you mean? That was his reply. <laughs> sure. I said, yeah. What? And this, you know, we've warmed up saying, what do you want? He goes, what do you mean? I go, okay, we got problems here. This dude was different. He's got all this stuff and he, and I'm talking to him from his pickup cab. Because he can't let anybody know he's talking to a dude like me. He can't let people know that he's not, he's not just on top of the world. That happens all the time. Sure, I have sure. a lot of, I have a lot of pickup truck conversations. And, um, and I said, so what do you want? And he goes, I want to build stuff. I want to build things that people will love forever. I want my legacy to be that I left things behind that they love. And I said, dude, that's awesome. And it sucks. It's awesome that you know, because most people don't know. They have no idea what they're being called to do. You do. It sucks for you because you're 62 and you haven't done anything about it. I just popped him right in the face. I just popped him because he needed it. And, and he kind of sits back and he goes, yes, that's right. I go, so what are you going to do, man? One thing. Just give me one thing. What are you going to do? And he said, uh, I don't know. I said, what is one thing that you could do today if I said you're your boss fires you and you want to start your legacy. And, uh, and he said, well, I could call somebody and uh, I've got my eye on this property that I could probably turn around and architect. And I know the bones are good. I said, okay, stop there. Here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to write your insurance policy. I'm writing you an insurance policy so that when you turn 62, and he's 57. I think I had his age. He's 57. He's 57. I think I said he's 62. He's 57. I said, so when you turn 62, this is an insurance policy against regret. What is that worth to you? I want a number. And he said, 50,000. I said, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go call this person. You're going to find out who owns this building. And you are going to operate with a $50,000 insurance policy. And the insurance policy is, I'm not going to fucking turn 62 and regret not doing this. And he just yeah. puts his, his phone kind of drops and he sits back. And I'm like, dude, you need a guard. You need a guard. You need somebody to guard against the fact that you're getting to the point where you're going to think you're too old to do this. Go fucking do it, man. And yeah. he was, and I said, here's what I, he didn't pay me a nickel. This, I, it was just me telling him, dude, you know what you want. You've got the funds to do it. You know, the first step. Don't settle for another yesterday. So this is my whole point of saying, I get what you're talking about. And I get that feeling you had. I just found a way to have it all day. I just haven't found a way to make money at it yet. But that's my yeah. point. That'll come. When I help a hundred of these dudes, um, his name is Jim. When I help a hundred Jims and a hundred Scots and a hundred Troys and a hundred, you name it, um, that'll, the stories will be there. But this guy, and I know if I just, if I took his name off and I didn't have the video, I did record it. I record every conversation and, uh, and I, and I chopped it into a five minute bit, a, a five minute, like you said, you something to hop on and listen to in a treadmill of this guy, just do a 360 and a five minute bite. Okay. The whole call was only 37 minutes. So you can edit that down and it changed his, it could change his life if he does it. Um, that's the stuff I do all day. And I need someone to do something with that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's what I'd love to help. I think there's so many, 
you know, again, I said, you know, there's, and you have competitors out there, right? You know that. And I don't, I don't even, I, I get the sense from talking to you in the first 12, 21 minutes, you don't give a shit about your competitors because you're not even any. competing. You're I don't just have doing any. you and, and you don't care what everyone else is doing, right? No. So that, that's, that's an even better approach right, for in sure. In fact, one of the two dudes you sent across, we chat. And there's another guy yeah. called the Midlife Male. He had me in his podcast. We have the exact same mission statement. We'd never talked. I'm like, dude, the day, when the day happens that you and I run out of potential clients, Holy shit, man. We've done some good. So uh yeah, it's we're we're no, I I literally don't think about competitors. I think about other people who are showing up to f- try to solve the same problem. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think through, you know, again, I, I would listen to, you know, a 20-minute segment of you talking to somebody. You, you think through what are, you know, normal 40s top five tips to think about, you know, challenging yourself tomorrow. You know what I mean? Every day you release a new tip, you know, tip number five, you know, to your point, write an insurance policy on your future. Tip four, you know, sit down and write what you want. You know, like, I think it's little things like that, that people, you know, don't know where to start. And the the goal being, you know, A, learning more about you and your approach and your style, because you're right. Like I've, I've heard of different coaching conversations. I've, I've, I've had conversations with folks. I've, my one of my companies, two companies ago, you know, got me a career coach and it was nothing like you just described, right? It was, you know, you know, what are your strengths and soar with those? And, you know, make sure you always try your hardest and, you know, and, and really take the chat. Like it was, it was, it was basically fluff surface level, you know, nothing about specifically what I want to get out of it. Right. Um, and I think people hear that, right. That's a natural gravitation to go, okay, I got to hear more from this guy. You know, I'm going to get on his calendar and schedule a call. I'm going to, I'm going to search more of his stuff. I'm going to stalk his LinkedIn. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm, I'm curious. I don't know if you know this. I'm curious if, if you have any 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 statistics on it. I'm, I'm a data guy. I love numbers. Yeah. How long do people lurk before they contact you? Like, do you have the lurk to conversion rate? Because I'd be curious what that is. Like, how many days or weeks before someone finally hits that message button to you? I'll tell you another story. I, I, I'm becoming a dude who's got a lot of dude stories. I love um, my stories. Stories are good. Well, make uh, sure stories. Stories make shows. When when I when I tell stories and I get into this, I kind of tend to drop the f bomb. So just let me apologize for that up front. Um, so this dude. So my wife's a kindergarten teacher. Kindergarten teacher. Uh, she's she's at school right now. Today she meets all of the parents of all of her kids, and she had a kindergarten aide. Last year was the first year my wife went back to school, independent of my decision. She was going back to teaching. I, I had no plans of leaving when she went back. Anyway, uh, and she had a kindergarten aide, and uh, and she was spectacular. She'd been an aide for years. Knew my wife. My wife. My wife Mindy could just give her a look, and she knew what to go do. Blah blah blah. Well, her husband um, is an attorney for a, a major health network here in town, and he'd been an attorney for them for probably about 20 years. And out of the blue, um, he gets a job in Asheville, North Carolina. So they're moving. <laughs> so Mindy comes home and she's all bummed. She's like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I'm losing. I'm losing Karen. They're moving to Asheville. My like, God, they're moving. What? What's going on? Well, apparently... Uh, John got a job. So they're, they're moving. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, let's, let's go to have dinner with them before they leave. Yep. Great. So we do that. So we're going out to eat and John and I are chit-chatting. I'm like, so you got this job in North Carolina, man, that is spectacular. But my wife is so mad. Cause she's, she's mad at you because you're taking Karen. And, and he goes mad at me. Why? And I'm like, well, cause you're taking her number two. She's got to start over. And she's like, she shouldn't be mad at me. She should be mad at you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, it's your fucking posts that got me convinced <laughs> that I should go. I should follow my dream. I should take the risk. Their kids just left the house. Their last one just graduated high school. He's like, this is my chance. I'm going to go to Asheville and I get to be general counsel for a public company. I had no idea, Adam. He was even on LinkedIn. This is a man I know. I yeah. know him. He had never told me. This is what, this is my clientele. They don't even know. They don't tell their spouse that they feel the way they do. They don't tell their best friends. They don't even tell me yeah. who is a good friend that they're following me. My whole point is your question was, what's the conversion ratio? I have no idea. I have no, I have the hardest audience because nobody can let me know they're there until it's hit. It's punched them so hard that they've got to do something. Which is, I mean, I, frankly, which is why you need uh, an audio presence, right? Because I don't, I could be listening to you right now on my headphones and no one has to know, right? So if I want to be clandestine and I don't want to admit to the world that I have issues and I'm I'm feeling these things, right? Oh, I'm listening to ESPN. Like I, 
you know, I can listen to your stuff all day long and just tell somebody, ah, no, music, going to go cut the grass, right? I think that's that's where you have that lane where, where people, I think, would, would absorb your content because I think it could resonate and connect with them from a lot of standpoints. I think the thing that's great about what you're talking about too, and and I, I wrote this in my note, probably phrased it pretty poorly, but what I was what I was trying to get at is, you think about the student and the teacher, right? You know, you get into a classroom and the teacher's always telling you, hey, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And as a student, you're looking at the teacher like, okay, whatever, dude, easy for you to say. You're, you're, you're the teacher, we get it, you know it all, yada, yada. But when you see one of your fellow classmates pull it off, you're like, oh man, you know, Pete figured it out. Man, if Pete can do that, I guess I better try that, right? And that's kind of how I think about your content, man. Like you think about the story you, t- you told of the 57-year-old guy, right? Imagine talking to him and having him tell, you know, an audience of people, you know, not not live, but in his headphone, Lon kicked my ass. And that's just what I needed. I didn't think I could do this. And guess what? I got, I, after that phone call, I drove my truck 62 miles an hour back to my workplace. I slammed my briefcase down. I went to my email and I fired off a note right then and there. And three days later, I got like, imagine hearing the, the other side of that story and someone listening to that going, yeah, you know what? He can do it. Like, again, you, no offense to you, you're, you're the teacher. We expect you can do this. We expect you have this, you know, this skill, this gravitas to figure that out. But this 57-year-old guy in a Chevy pickup truck in Idaho, we don't think he can pull that off. But then when he tells us he did, you look at yourself and go, well, man, that guy did it. Like, what the fuck am I waiting for? Like, I should be able to do that too, right? And I think that's where you have such compelling storyline content that anybody's driving their car. And if they have any modicum of feeling that we're talking about, man, that's going to hit them right in the balls because they're going to go, you know what? What is my excuse now? This guy figured it out. He's 57 in Idaho. He figured it out. You know, I'm 35 and I've got, you know, I've got an MBA and whatever. Like, I can't figure this out. And I think that's where you have such compelling content that, you know, it's it's so much easier to connect with the common person, right? Again, you feel unattainable. You're 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 the big, the big shining figure, right? But it's the the common everyday folk that you go, man, that guy did it, and that guy did it. Like, okay, I've got to get on that too. And I think I'd love to hear that guy's version of the story you told me and see how it differs from you in terms of how he absorbed it and then how he took that and how he executed off that. Like, I'd love to follow up with him in a week from now and be like, hey man, heard long kick dress. What's up? Where you at now? What's going on? And have him like completely just decompress his soul about how how he got from there to where he's at too. I think there's so much good information there that not only helps people, it's entertaining, eh? but I think it helps people also take that leap and say, okay, you know what? I'm on that cliff. I need that push. He hit me with a Chevy pickup truck. Now I'm off the cliff and I'm, I'm reaching out to Lon to figure out what's next. That's, that's a great thought, man. And I think you would do it. That's the other interesting thing. When dudes start making progress and I follow up with a lot of them, uh, I'll follow up with this cat. Um, and uh, they're pretty excited when they have this release and you've probably felt it, you only felt it for four days and you did something. A lot of dudes last longer than like four years. And when they have this release and they start um, not thinking about acting, but actually taking an action, this, uh, this awakening happens and I can see it. I like, I saw it in him on that call. That's rare, but I saw it. And, uh, and this awakening happens and they're so excited that they would let me rec- they would let me probably do a Facebook live if I said, hey, this is really exciting. Let me just get- <laughs> yeah. in that moment of euphoria, they're so excited to finally feel like they've got their hand on the rudder again that they'd yeah. be like, tell this story. If this helps one other person, I want them to feel like this. And uh, so this is a long way of me saying that I think finding dudes getting to me is a uh getting them to the place to the point where they actually reach out, I think is, is the challenge. But after they start making progress, getting them to talk about it when they feel good about the, the, the actions are taken, I think they would, I think they would do it. And I think well, here's the make- thing. He, 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 sorry to answer. Here's the story oh. arc though. Like here's how this builds. It's, you know, you, you said you record every call, right? So it's the, it's that snippet of that first call where it's that punch in the mouth moment. It's that, that, that seminal moment in that conversation that really resonates with them. Right. So it's, 15, 10, 12 minutes, whatever that time duration is till you get to that point, right? Then it's you solo talking about what I did there was I made sure that I, you know, I punched Jamie in the mouth because I recognized in him, you know, blah, 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 right? Then you have to go away. Then it's it's person 
being interviewed by somebody else, right? Because now it's not the teacher anymore. Now it's like, dude, tell me about Lon. He really kicked you in the ass, right? So it's what happened. It's your framework to what it is that you were trying to do or what you observed. And then it's, it's, it's that follow-up. It's my wife. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I don't, um, I don't know if you get, you know, or, or how much driving you do, but there's a, um, there's a radio program by Ryan Seacrest, uh, American Idol guy, right? He's, he hosts like a million shows oh, yeah. and he does, he does this thing on the radio called Ryan's Roses. Um, so what he does is he, his crew calls, uh, gets a phone call from usually a, a spouse and they say, I think my husband's cheating on me. I think he's seeing another woman. Ryan's crew calls that, that man pretends to be a flower shop and says, Hey, you won 12 free dozen roses. We'll send them off to anybody you want. Just tell us who, and uh, what do you want on the car? And Lon seven out of 10 dumbass man goes, send it to Betty. Who's not his wife with a card that says, thanks for last night. Right. The wife's on the phone. She jumps in and says, how could you do this to me? Right. And it's great radio banter. And yada, yada, yada. Right. My wife loves it. Eats it up. What she loves even more, though, Lon, is every now and again, they do the follow up. So they bring Betty back to the radio like two months later. And they're like, hey, do you guys remember Betty? And my wife will not leave the car because she invested in that moment. Right. And she now needs to know how did that end? How, what was the resolution there? And I think you've got something on the same cusp of you have someone tell a story and then what's the resolution? How did that end? Like I heard the first part, I'm hooked. You know, it's, you know, this is a terrible analogy. So forgive me anybody, but you see a car accident, you always stop. Right. But you always wonder, I hope everyone's okay. Like, I wonder how, I hope everyone's okay. Well, now you get the resolution to that car accident. Everybody's fine. Nobody was injured and everyone's living a happy life. I think you've got some of that construct here where everyone wants that payoff. They want that follow-up. They want to know how that ended. So I just heard Long kick this guy's ass. I heard Long tell me why he kicked this guy's ass. Now here's the guy who got his ass kicked telling us how it felt for him. And not only did it, did it resonate, but here's the result from it. I think you've got things people listen to and go, man, like that's a story arc that I think anybody can put themselves in and say, man, I could, I could go through that. And to be fair, you know, it's, it's, what's the word I want to use here? Scary. Maybe I'll use it's scary to pick up the phone or, or pick up the computer or pick up the, you know, the iPad and, and pack out a note to you, right? It's scary because you don't know what's coming back to you. Like to your point, like, who's going to see this? What if my boss finds out? What if, what if my friends find out? What if my buddies are like, dude, you got problems? Like, have a beer. Like, what do I do? So it's scary, right? To hear somebody go through that takes that edge off. Now it's like, okay, I, I feel like I know Lon. I've heard him talk. I've heard him speak. I know his approach. I'm not scared anymore. I know what this guy's about. So I'm going to take that leap, right? That first time I pecked out that email to you, I was like, I don't know when I'm getting back here. So let's, let's find out. Cause this is either, you know, this is either a guy who's pretending he's this, you know, all powerful, wonderful person and is really a dick in real life. And is going to shoot me a note, like, you know, buzz off. Or this is somebody who sincerely cares and he's going to write back with something or he's not going to write back at all. Right. And, and I think that's the thing is when you get to know you, you, you take that edge off, right? And I think there are just so many story arcs there that you could tell so many people that you could sort of connect with to say, hey, you know, when when you want your calendar to be filled back up, I suspect many people will be lining up to get on that calendar. I never know when I hit join call what I'm going to get. <laughs> I never know, man. And every, I, I, every time I just show up, I'm blown away. And this one would definitely fall into that category of just cool stuff, man. I, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to talk for just a couple minutes here. I think, um, like I told you, I've never felt I've done some cool shit. I've done some cool shit in my life. We all have. Um, but I've never in my life, uh, let me just, let me just, let me layer on some of the cool shit I've done. So I work for United States Senator, the majority leader of the United States Senate. I've answered telephone calls as a 24 and 25 year old kid from other senators. That was, that was because the Senator didn't carry a phone. This was back in 1999, 2000, 2001. They didn't carry cell phones. The staffer did. So other senators called all the time. Um, you name a Senator. Uh, I probably have talked to them. I mean, as a PN staffer, my point is it was pretty cool for me to go home and say, Oh, you know, I talked to, you know, whatever, insert name of Senator here. Uh, and, um, and I've answered calls from presidents and, uh, you know, never for me, I'm not <laughs> trying to kid you there, but I was yeah. the link, you know? So that was, that was where I was sure. looking. So I love to tell people when I was in my twenties, this is what I did. Then I left that because my wife and I were expecting a child and I'm like, I don't, you know, politics is great. 
uh, at that time. It's a different world now, but I really enjoyed sure. it being, being a Senate staffer. I don't care what your party affiliation is. If, if, if politics isn't a religion for you and you can just go in and try to be part of the solution, it's wonderful. Either party has wonderful people. Either party has douchebags. That's a fact. Um, but then after that, I went into banking and I got to create a private wealth group where the owner of the bank said, kind of gave me a blank ticket. And he said, I trust you. I believe in you. Go build it. After I wrote my business plan, I went and did it. So I, I was the VP of a bank after zero hours of lending experience. They made me a VP and said, go build this thing. And I did great. One of my clients was a CEO of a public company and he hired me. And he asked me to travel the world on behalf of the company and set up distribution for public company. Well, that was pretty cool. Then he asked me to, to take on take this small aerospace and defense contracting company and grow it from 20 million to 120 million, which I did, convert it from a contract manufacturer of parachutes to a proprietary product manufacturer of aerospace and defense contracting products that we sell to the Office of Secretary of Defense and to foreign partner nations. So I've been in the Pentagon, I've been at JSOC, I've done, I still have a classified uh, top secret clearance. And I've done classified briefings in the Pentagon to two star generals. Pretty cool. All right. It's not, it's not bad. Yeah. You know, it's fun stories to talk about. And I get all the way to this point. I lead a $2.1 billion transaction and I decide I'm done. That's fine. That's good. That was first half stuff. And I got to go. I got to go find my second half. I had, I didn't have a clue that this was doing. This is where I would end up. But I can tell you in all the cool things I've done, I've never felt more in sync with what I'm supposed to do. It's just, it's just, I show up to every call fascinated. I show up to every call interested and I leave every jaw, every call with more energy than I had the moment I said, join call. And it's spectacular. It's spectacular. So I say all of that for this one reason. I want dudes to feel the way I do right now about what I'm being called to do uh, for other dudes. And uh, I, I'm curious. I showed up to this call curious. I do. I, I tend to show up curious and follow the omens. And I feel like there's a reason why you felt the urge to call me. And there's a reason why this conversation has gone as well as it has. And we should probably take the next step and just say, what the hell? I mean, let's, let's just find out. Let's see where this goes. We're under no false pretense. We're just a couple dudes trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm not here saying, Hey, I'm, I can't wait to join your multi-million dollar firm. Here's, here's my retainer fee. Let's, let's go rock and roll. Right. I, I recognize, I, I think for me, you know, again, I have a full-time job, right. So I have, I have an income stream and, you know, I have a contract on that job too, that I'm slowly counting the days down on it. If, I, if I'm, if I'm being honest with you, but I think for me, it's about, you know, when you work on passion, when you work in, on mission, when you work on, you know, uh, on, on excitement, you know, paycheck is a thing, right? But it's not the thing. And so for me, I'm willing to try it out, willing to see if we can make it work, see if we can break it, fix it, break it again, fix it again, you know, make it something, you know, meaningful, make it something that, you know, we can be proud or I can be proud or you can be proud to, to sit back and say, hey, this is, a, this is a good creation. You know, if it leads places, great. If it doesn't, you know, still great experience, hopefully for everybody involved. So I'm, I'm open to, you know, again, I, I feel like I don't want to horn in on, on your business. I'm not here trying to say, hey, great, great idea. This is what you're going to do. But, you know, I, I'm certainly open to, um, you know, to, to working on anything and, and trying to find some synergy between us and see where that road, see where that road takes us. Well, the same, you know, we need to ask ourselves the same question I asked. I asked Jim, what's, what's a low cost probe? What's something that we can do that is a, you know, we're, we're testing the market. We can do a podcast where it's just you and me. Uh, we can do a podcast where I'm bringing someone in and I'm doing a coaching session. I mean, I think all those things are are fine, good, and dandy. I can send you, I can get a release from uh, somebody I've talked to and just send you some raw material and you see if you can make a few bites out of it that I put out on on LinkedIn some morning and yeah. just see how it goes. I'm open to whatever. I'm you You've... From the moment I got your first email, I was like, all right, I was testing you too. I sent a short note back. I'm like, you know, was this guy just all hopped up on a, on a, uh, you know, 
his endorphins are running and he just got done with the run and he's, <laughs> and he's got a, he's in ketosis and he wants to <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm like, so, and then when you shot back, I'm like, all right, there's some, there's some real substance here. So what's our low cost probe? Yeah, I think first thing first, right? So you think about building your brand. I think a lot of it is who are you, right? You, you want to connect with people. So I do think there's an element of saying, okay, like the normal 40 show, whatever you want to call it, right? Normal 40 podcast, right? And it's it's more about you talking about experiences, things you've been through, lessons you've learned. Basically sell me as an audience member on why I should care about you. Why should, why should Lon be a part of my life? Why should I follow you on LinkedIn? Why should I do some of those things, right? I see that as a you know, three, five, you know, episode arc, right? Really kind of getting to know Lon and maybe it's broken down into pieces of different, you know, different themes per show, right? Then I think it comes down to, all right, the, the evolution of our, I know Lon, now what is Lon about? And I think that's where you can get into one or two options. One, you start putting out small bite-sized content, right? So I think those first three to five episodes are 30, 35, 40 minutes, maybe it's centered on a topic, centered on something that that's happening around the world. Maybe there's something of a, you know, of a, of a, of a nature that, you know, you can, Hey, I just saw the other day that so-and-so resigned from, you know, Pepsi, you know, let's talk more about that. Right. Maybe there's something globally taking place. That's kind of, you know, easy to identify. Um, and I think a lot of this too, I think the goal with all of this, by the way, Lon has to be evergreen content. So if I'm just finding you in 2022, great. If I don't find you in 2024, great. It's still applicable. It's not like, Hey, last night, the Cowboys beat the giants. Well, that means nothing, right? We're, we're two years past that. So it's gotta be evergreen, right? So I think you can take some of those evergreen stories, but then I think you branch into two options, smaller bite-sized chunks, 10, 15 minute, you know, daily is a tough task, right? I've, I've tried to do daily shows in the past. It is a tough task. You think it's easy. Oh, I'll just turn the camera on 15 minutes. I got this right after day four. You're like, hmm, what am I going to do now? So daily is tough, but what you could do, you could record, you know, a two hour long block and just chop them up. Right. You got five, 10 minute intervals. You, know, you kind of get the mojo behind you. You get the, um, you know, you, you get the inspiration. You start giving out tips, tricks, ideas, suggestions, daily challenges, some of the things you're writing could be those podcasts, right? Could be those five, 10 minute increments. You know, it could be some of those items where you, you just voice that over, right? You just read it aloud. Maybe you add some more context to it. But then I do think at some point you branch into getting more of your clients involved when, and if you think that's something they're comfortable with and starting to understand now what it is that you're about. Show the, show the goods, right? I met you. I know who you are. I feel comfortable with you. Dude seems like a normal dude, just like me. I got your story. That's cool. All right. He's got some really good, thoughtful content. I like that. What's this guy really about? Now I get to see the goods. I get to see you in action. I get to hear you in action. So in my mind, that's an evolution. You start, build your brand. I'm Lon. Here's what I do. Here's what I'm about. Here's some things I want you to think about. Now let's let's put all that into practice. So I think our, our, our starting point is three to five episodes of who is Lon. Why are you here? Why should I care about you? Why should I listen to what you're saying? You know, how do you connect with me? Um, you know, not me personally, but the, the broader me. Uh, and then, you know, let, let folks kind of digest that from that standpoint. Because I've, I've heard you on other shows and, and you're great. I saw that the show you did with, um, uh, I think it was a pilot of some sort, right? And, and you're great, but it was a lot about him. I didn't learn much about, about you, him. right? And I, I think, again, that's where if I'm sitting down in my front of my iPad and I'm like, man, this guy's got some really good shit here, but am I going to... Am I going to hit this connect button? Am I going to hit this mail icon or not? Like if I can, you know, here's, here's a 20 minute podcast about Lon. Like then I go, oh, man, this guy's got some serious chops. I, I like what he's, I like where he's at, you know? And I think that's, that's the part where you can easily build that connection for him. So I think first three to five are who is Lon? Why is Lon here? Why should I care about Lon? What is he offering anybody? Why, why should I let him into my life? Why, you know, I've got, I've got close friends. Why, why is this guy part going to be part of my circle? Right. And I think that's part of what that, that initial launch looks like. Okay. Let's give it a whirl. So we got options. I mean, we could, we can record a zoom just like this, right? Where we'll sit down and I'll just ask you a shitload of questions and you just start telling some stories, right? I'll probe back a little bit, right? We'll, we'll have some fun. Obviously we can put some topics to it. So we have some guardrails, right? I don't want to, you know, the, the Lon and Adam variety hour probably isn't going to write very well. <laughs> Although maybe that's a show at some point, right? Where it's like, did you see what happened? Um, but I think one of the other things you said something earlier that, that I kind of believe in, and I think there's a, you know, there's a line here. I don't believe in a lot of editing, right? Cause I want people to hear me warts and all. So if I fumble your name, 
right? Ah, lot, 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 ah, crap. Here I go again. Like I want you know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not trying to be some sort of polished, you know, Bob Costas style sportscaster. You know, I'm, I'm not on the six o'clock news. Like I'm gonna flub a word. I'm gonna mispronounce yeah. something, right? And and then, so I don't, I don't edit out like things like that. Now, if you you know, have a two minute you know, diatribe on something. You're like, Hey, I should have said all that stuff. Sure. Like we can cut that kind of stuff. But I think in terms of perfection, like, I think it's just you and I talking, right. If, if we'd hit record on this thing the entire time, which obviously you did, and this just went out <laughs> to the internet. Like, I think people could sit back and be like, man, these guys are interesting. Like, that's, that, that, that's kind of cool. Whether, whether they uh, you know align with the content or they think we're perfect professional broadcasters. Um, I think in some respects, there's an endearing quality to not being perfection because none of us are. So, you know, why, why strive to do that in a lot of different areas from that standpoint? I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I think I alluded on this call. Some of my calls kind of run together, but I think I alluded, I, uh, I post, I, I write and I post, I know I told you that. And then I find my typos later. One of the things I didn't say out loud, I'm 48. So I'm a little bit older than you. I just turned 48 a few months ago. And, um, uh, I didn't probably say it out loud to anyone in my life until I was probably 46. And even then it was just to my wife. And I haven't said it beyond that is I'm dyslexic. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to, to see my typos. Um, I know them later after I can't, after I don't know what I wrote, you know, after an hour or a day goes by and I actually have to read it again, not just know what's on the page. I see it, but in the moment I don't. And, and I just decided I'll get some texts from people saying, Hey, you spelled this word wrong. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not going to apologize for it. I wish I wouldn't have. It sucks. I do feel bad. I'm not flippant about it. I, I wish I wouldn't have, but at the same time, I'm not going to burden myself with the worry of the fact that a word spelled wrong. It's just, it's just not who I am. That's a long way of me saying I'm aligned with, with record little editing go. Hey everyone. I hope you really enjoyed this story and I hope you enjoyed listening to Adam and I just ramble. That's what so many of the first phone calls sound like, just like that. I show up to every phone call curious and it's so fun when I get an opportunity to talk to somebody who shows up just as curious and just to see what could happen next. Look, I want you to stick around for the next podcast. I'm going to go back at Adam and I'm going to ask him a little bit more about what was he feeling that led to that first call. I'm going to read to you the first email he sent to me that led to that first call. And we're going to continue the ramble on what it is that he's processing in real time in this moment and in the vulnerability that I know dudes like him are feeling in this moment as this drops and this airs and the people around him who've known him under the image he's built over the last one, two, three, five, ten years. And now the dude he's becoming and the people he's helping. And it's a journey that uh, I'm so grateful that he's agreed to be a part of. And I can't wait to have that conversation with him next week on Normal 40, the podcast. Hey, and don't forget, you can find me at normal40.com. Please like and subscribe. And I'm doing some coaching. Normal 40, the insider. If you're interested, find me at Lana at Normal 40. Thanks, everyone, for being here. I can't wait to see you on the next page. 